Amen. Amen. So when you see this word, this phrase, what comes to mind when you see this word, this expression, I know that we Presbyterian, we don't talk a lot about this. Uh, Lutherans maybe either. But what comes to mind? I'm sorry? Devil's intervention. Okay. Yuri, you were about to say something? Internal turmoil. Unseen. What else? Who said that? Okay. Demonic. Más duro. Demonic. Okay. Okay. Have you ever seen that word in the Bible? Have you ever read? that word in the Bible. Think about it. Have you ever seen it? In the Bible. Like, have you ever seen the word Trinity in the Bible? No, right? Have you ever seen this word? The Bible. Maybe no, right? However, in certain circles, certain places, certain churches, uh, the emphasis for that particular conversation is big. In other places, they, they even don't mention it. We know that there is normally a confrontation between uh, what God wants to do on earth and sometimes what well, evil is already doing. Um, however, you know there are sometimes even um, confrontations among people who believe that this is not real and other people who totally believe that that's real and they're kind of bumping heads and saying, yeah, you're wrong, or you're no, you're right, or you're not right, or whatever, right? They're discussing about it. And i like us to think about the passage that we're going to be reading today because when some people read that particular passage, they immediately think about spiritual warfare. Immediately. And other people think about you know, maybe those people in the past, they were thinking about demons, but they were probably psychological, uh, uh, in trouble, psychologically, no, well, or whatever. So there are so many approaches to when it comes to the spiritual part of the, of the world that sometimes we are not in agreement. However, I think when we read the scripture, we always have to come to it with the openness to hear God's boy, voice. Not only our voice or our frames or our uh, bias or whatever we already know about the Bible. And I think part of the reason we are not hearing afresh is because we, are already, we already heard so much that we are so content that we believe that we don't have anything else to hear from God's Word. Uh, and I'd like to invite you today to read this passage in a totally different way. Let's try to hear it. Let's try to see if God has something new for us to listen to this morning. I believe if you are not open to whatever the Bible can tell you anew, afresh, then you will always get whatever you had gotten. 
So, uh, let's read Luke chapter 11, verse 14 today. Let's try to do that together. It's a long passage, but I'd like to invite you to read it with me. And if you want to exercise your legs, please stand up if you can, if you are willing to. And let's read it together. So, Jesus was driving out. What was he driving out? Interesting. That was when the demon left the man who had been mute and the crowd was, if you just leave it there, that would be amazing. However, the story continues. But some of them said, by Bill Sibyl, the prince of demons, he's driving out demons. Others tested him by asking for a sign from heaven. See, two different points of view. Right there. Something is happening and two different people are saying one thing and the other are saying, well, we're not sure. Give us a sign. Keep going. Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, any kingdom divided against itself will be ruined. And a house divided against itself will fall. If Satan is divided against himself, how can his kingdom stand? I said this because you claim that I drive out demons by Belzebul. Now, if I drive out demons by Belzebul, by whom do your followers drive them out? So then, they will be your judge. But if I drive out demons by the finger of God, the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man, fully armed, his possessions are safe. But when someone stronger attacks and now overpowers him, he takes away the armor in which the man trusted and divides uh, his plunder. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever is, does not gather with me scatters. Just stop right there for one moment. Whoever doesn't gather with me Yes. Keep going. When an impure spirit comes out of a person, he goes through an airy places seeking rest and does not find it. Then he says, I will return to the house I left. When he arrives, he finds the house swept, clean and put it in order. Then he goes and takes seven other spirits, more wicked than himself, and they go and live there. And the final condition of that person is worse than the first. As Jesus was saying these things, a woman in the crowd called out, Blessed is the mother who gave you birth and nursed you. He replied, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Father, this morning we will continue to hear your word and whatever you have been telling us from the very beginning of the of this morning. Continue to speak to us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So
So if you notice, Jesus is doing something that everybody not only was supposed to be amazed and impressed, but Jesus was doing something that somebody was supposed to be clapping. Because somebody who was mute and now is able to speak, you know, he has, he has been given the opportunity to speak his mind and his heart. When I was little, probably eight years old, nine years old, I was playing marbles with my friends, and there was always this kid who came down from a little hill in the town that I used, I used to live, and he was selling, maybe you know this, this uh, food, empanadas, maybe, and pastelitos, I don't know if you know that one, but those are part of the staples over there that we eat. Uh, and so he will always come with this big uh, uh, pot and he will be selling, but he could not speak. He tried his best to communicate, but he couldn't. So, and, and we were playing, and when we saw him, we have two thoughts in mind. One, the empanadas were delicious, so we want them. We want to stop the game for, to buy it. Secondly, we want to see him mad. That was not funny, actually. But we want to see him mad because for us, especially for some other kids, I wasn't that bad. <laughs> Seriously, we all were bad anyways. When, um, we wanted to see him mad because when he became really mad, he was amazingly strong. So we push him to speak, and he will never speak, but he will try his best to speak. Obviously, as you, when you grow up, and you realize what was going on over there, that was really unfair. But imagine if this kid, my friend, or somebody who I knew, who, who was unable to speak, now... I can see him speaking and saying whatever was in his heart. Maybe he has some good words and bad words to tell us. Right? And this man who is here maybe play with some of those guys who were in that crowd. And for the first time, this gentleman is able to speak out, to say something. And what did they, what did they do? Did they clap? Did they celebrate? Did they make a party for him? What did they, did they do? They were amazed. Obviously, that's impressive. But they were looking for something else. They wanted to know more about this Jesus, and they're going to push Jesus. Instead of the, the mute guy, they want to push Jesus and tell and told him, you know what, that was fascinating. But, obviously, you are empowered by the devil. You can't do that because the devil is at work uh, in your life. The word that they use, Beelzebub, is also translated as the Lord of the flies. And if you go deeper in Greek, for those of you who know that, that language really well, you'll know that it will also mean something else. That's the, that's the reason the flies are there. You got it? Okay? You got it, really. Okay, so the flies were there. The flies are there. 
And that, so he, they are basically making fun of Jesus because that was also a phrase that they used to, to talk about the devil in a very disrespectful way, in a way. So they are telling him, by the Lord of the, of the flies, you are doing this. So here's the confrontation. A slander is at place here, right? They're telling him really bad things. And so he, Jesus, I really like he, how he handles this. He said, oh, really? By the way, do you remember your own children? They are, they are also doing the same stuff that I'm doing right here. Are they empowered by the devil too? Remember, we just read it. If, if they do, if they are, then let me tell you, either the devil is in charge or you will be judged for whatever you're saying. You remember we read that. Then, it's interesting that they keep, uh, they keep pushing. Uh, in this conversation, Jesus then says, let me tell you something. And you, you really have to pay attention to the language that he's using. But if I, by the finger of God, which, you know, when you read that, it's a normal expression, the finger of God. Only it becomes an unusual expression when you know that the two times that the finger of God expression was used was in the, in the context of Exodus of the Exodus, when the tablets of the, of the Ten Commandments were, were written, Moses report, reports that they were written by the finger of God, number one. And number two, when the magicians of Pharaoh were defeated by Moses and Aaron on the third plague, with the third, uh, third plague, you know, remember they were powerful enough. They have power enough to duplicate the signs of the judgments that Moses was performing. But at the third plague, mosquitoes <laughs> was the third plague or gnats, right? Uh, and they could not really repeat that uh, miracle or judgment. And then they say, Pharaoh, let's talk about this because... His guy, this guy is doing this by the finger of God. Okay? Are you still with me? Yes? Okay. So, and then what the Bible says about Pharaoh is that his heart became even harder when they said that. In other words, Jesus is telling them so many things. One of them is the same God that was at work writing the Ten Commandments and judging Pharaoh is here and that's what's going on right now. And you guys, by the way, you, if you want to know who you are, who you are, you, who you look like, you look like Pharaoh. If you're telling me Lord of the Flies, I'm telling you, you look like Pharaoh. Talking about wrestling. Are you still with me? You see the, the thing, what's going on here? So, in other words, guys, you either or are under judgment by God, or even if you don't want it, 
God is writing a new story, a story here, right in front of your eyes. The same God who wrote the Ten Commandments, which are the new story of humanity, is the same God that is writing a new story for the, for the mute guy. That's the same God that we're talking about. You know what this means? This means that it's 11 a.m. <laughs> so, those expressions are not there just for the sake of it. And then we talk about spiritual warfare. Yes, in a way, you can say there is an, a mighty struggle here. But it's not only about demons and God. It's also about human hearts. And how hard our hearts could be. Because we, instead of celebrate, celebrate, you know, healing and new life, we are crit criticizing and judging what God is doing. So if there is any spiritual warfare, then you have to also pay attention to where our hearts are because there is the place where the mighty struggles are sometimes. And then, so this conversation is really becoming intense. And Jesus gave them a parable. Like a parable, he tells them, you know, let me tell you a, a parable, how that, this works. Actually, two stories. One of the very strong man and the stronger, or strongest man. And then the other story about the seven spirits that came back. Remember those two stories all together there? And he's trying to tell them something. While he's doing that, you know, he's trying to tell them even something bigger than that when the, a woman says, blessed or blessed are or is the woman who gave you birth and nursed you. Let's take a little pause here. That phrase there is not by accident either. Let me tell you, that phrase, blessed or blessed, because Mary, Jesus' mother, said in the Magnificat, she said, from now on, all the generations will call me how? Blessed. And now look who is the writing, who, is, who knows what he's doing and trying to do with this particular gospel. He says, yes, Mary was blessed. But it's even rather blessed, even more blessed, those who pay attention to the, to the word of God and do whatever he says. Can you follow? Can you follow that? So blessed are those who listen to the word of God because these guys who were there, these people who were there, they were not there to listen to the word of God. They were there to judge Jesus and to put him in a very difficult space or a spot. And Jesus is kind of telling them, hey, there's another way to do this. I want you to know that if you read the Bible carefully, you will find out probably four or five places where the Bible says that God is writing something. The Ten Commandments, the uh, magicians when they say this is by the finger of God, it's an indica 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 indication that it's just God doing something there, right? But there are other places where God is writing. Remember this King chapter 5 of Daniel? Uh, hand is 
shows up in his writing, and we have an expression in English that says, the writing is where? On the wall. But it comes from Daniel chapter 5, when this hand wrote something like this. Many, oh many, 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 tekelupar sing. Right? You go and read it. I don't know the language, so you go back and read it in English, chapter 5 of Daniel. And what happened? God was bringing judgment to this evil king. Many, many. A hand was writing there. Other places, but there's another place where God's son is writing. So this, there is another confrontation, remember? And this woman is caught up in adultery. Only the woman, right? And she's, she's doing that by herself, right? And she's caught, right? And they start fighting about stoning her. And they say, what do you think? And Jesus was, was doing something on the floor, on the ground. He was writing. And he said, whatever, whatever he has to say, they, they took off. He went down. He was, still, he was still writing. And then when they left, Jesus said to the woman, hey, what's going on with you? What are they? They are accusing you no more. I am not accusing you, so I would like to tell you to start a new life. Write down a new story for you. So Jesus is also writing, and every time he's writing, a new story is happening, or judgment is taking place. In this case, in the Bible, it's a new story. Um, so, I'd like to, to help us think a little bit today about when we read the Bible, what are we really looking into it? Are we looking for our own ideas? to confirm what we think, or are we looking into it to really listen to God, what God really is saying or wants to tell us, um, instead of thinking, you know, maybe this is what I believe that will be supposed to be true, it, it's, it's better to come to the Word of God and say, Lord, what is it that you really want to say to me and to all, and to all of us? And if you pay attention People emphasize the spiritual warfare, but somehow we forget, however that's taking place there, there is something even bigger than that, which is how important is the word of God. And healing is taking place, and when you know that Jesus was trying to tell them, hey, look, the finger of God is writing a new story through me. And the finger of God is also bringing judgment to any evil structure and to any evil tendency of the human heart. God is doing something new, Jesus is saying. And remember, uh, I don't know if you have Luke chapter 4, verse 17 and 18, I, I believe, if you have it. We can read it together, yeah? Look at what Jesus had in mind all the time. That, that was his first sermon, and that's his, all his mission statement for life. The Spirit, read it with me, please. The Spirit of the Lord is on me 
because he's anointing me to proclaim to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then uh, Acts chapter 10, verse 38 says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing what? And healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. So, if, just pay attention to that. The poor, the oppressed, the afflicted, the blind, all of those, somehow were under the power of the devil. And what was Jesus doing? He was doing just two things. Doing good to anybody that he happened to be with or happened to meet in the way and making them free. Now, he was not always praying when he was doing that. He was just extending the love of God to them in many ways. And did he spend time praying and trying to overcome the forces of evil in prayer? Of course he did that. The Bible says that. But if I only pray for the devil to be tamed and don't do anything about it, the work is half completed. You can't complete the work of God if we only pray about things mightily so. You can pray too much like Elijah, but there is a time when, as Elijah did, he not only pray, but he also say, the time has come for the rain to come. So if we are praying mightily for the forces of evil and the structural evil that is in the world, in the United States and beyond, we also have to go about it and do something like Jesus did. To write new stories. To confront people with goodness. Not with evil, but with goodness. So we are here in this world not only to say that we are in a spiritual battle, but we also are doing our part. You know, the Jewish mentality, not all of them, but a good number of them, said that they are here healing, repairing the world. They don't think they can change the world. They, they only think that they can heal, mend the world. And as, as I think about us, Placentia Presbyterian Church, as I think about our community, I want to tell you something. We are writing a totally new story in Placentia. And in order to write that story well, we have to be really, really clear for whom and with whom we are writing this story. What finger is it that is empowering us to do this writing? We have been writing this story for the last one and seven years, 107 years. And you know what? As time will continue to pass, I hope and pray that we will continue to have bigger dreams. 
that we continue to have the ability to expand our imagination and our desire to even go farther. And in order for that to happen, we really have to also open our hearts to have not only a bigger vision, but a bigger budget. Why? Because faith anticipates the future. If we are anticipating the future, this church will continue to grow, will continue to bring new people in. And not only we will be able to bless our community, but we will be able to continue. More people will want to join the mission of this church. And as that happens, well, you will probably need more resources to continue to serve well and to continue to expand your service and your calling to this neighborhood. So the time has come to for the rain to come, but make sure you have your umbrellas. And when you are squished, make sure you have enough guts paste in your mouth. <laughs> so what is coming out of you is not perfection, but at least is healing and blessings for many other people. So I believe that we really have to see the hand of God, the finger of God, bringing judgment into our city evil structures, into our city evil practices, whatever those might be, into our own hearts that sometimes are deceitful too. And also allow God to write a new story. Look at this, and we're almost there. I know you want to be there, right? Look at what Jesus said. Jesus said, very, very truly, I tell you. So if you have any doubt, Jesus is saying, please, believe me, this is for sure, for sure. Very truly, I tell you, it's John chapter 14, verse 12. I'm, re- I'm, re- I'm reading it for you. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me, how many of you believe in him? Yeah. Will do the works that I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than this because I am going to the Father. So Jesus is saying, gosh, I'm writing an amazing story on earth. As I'm here on earth, I'm driving, I'm writing a new story on earth. A big story, big uh, God's paste in your mouth. Everything's going to be big. And you know, by the way, I am going to be one of them, but however more and bigger people will come, not bigger in the sense of God, but bigger in the sense of the potential to do amazing works, they will come and they will do greater things that I have done. Wow. Do we believe that? This is serious. So if that's the case, it's time for many people to start speaking. Those who are mute, those who are deaf, those who are without. And I'm talking in all the sense, not only physically, but emotionally and spiritually. It's time for a new, a new time to come to us. And here's, here's the last promise. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord, I will put my laws into their minds. So far, so good, right? But here's the, here's the, the interesting thing. And I 
will write them in their hearts. God is about writing new stories all the time. And I will write them in their hearts. And I will be their God, and they will be my people. Jeremiah 31, 33. So God's finger is available to write new stories and to bring judgment to any evil structure, whether it's demonic or human-made, or both. Remember Pharaoh. Pharaoh was empowered by evil, but he also was empowered by his own hardness. He wanted to do whatever he was doing. So it's time that those new stories come about. And the mute can speak, and we can celebrate that. So Placentia Presbyterian Church, this is the time. We are, and we will be, writing new stories, spiritual, powerful new stories, because our God is not only great because he can do great things, but our God is great because he only can, can, only can do small things. He also can do small things, whatever that might be. So can we stand up and pray? Father, we are here this morning because your word is clearly telling us that the hand of God is active and mighty among us 2019 and beyond. And you are telling us that you want the mute to speak and to sing and to tell the story. You're writing an amazing story to Placentia Presbyterian Church. And it's my prayer and our prayer that you will allow us not only to pray against the forces of, forces of evil that are many, but also to do whatever you are calling us to do in your name. The Saint Jesus did, trusting in his Father, so will you empower us as Placentia Presbyterian Church to do whatever you are calling us to do. And will you please fill this sanctuary, this uh, worship center. Will you fill also Key Center? Will you fill Trinity Center? Will you overwhelm us with new people? Will you bring those people who are in the, not only at the margins, but people who who has so much and still are at the margin spiritually and emotionally and psychologically. Will you fill the house, your house? Will you bring us to a new levels? Will you write new stories for your glory and for your honor? We pray, Father, that you, you will do that for us. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen.